right, thanks to Colby for coming on this episode of the podcast. This is the 25th episode of the podcast, and in this episode, we go over Colby's career, winning the Stanley Cup, winning NCAA championship, winning the MVP, and we just go over many things, and hope you enjoy this episode, so let's get right into it here. To it here. How have you been keeping busy during quarantine? Well, I mean, I think early on during the quarantine, um, there wasn't a whole lot going on or a whole lot to do. I, I live in Philadelphia, you know, out on the East Coast, and just about everything was closed down. So it was a lot of downtime. Um, I was working on a couple of, you know, business-related, non, non-sports projects and, and, you know, some different uh, with some of my old former business partners and that sort of helped get through the brunt of the period of time where everything was really shut down. And, and, you know, as soon as the weather got nice um, and the summer started, well, then I started kind of spending time down at the beach and, you know, exercising outside and, you know, I doing stuff with my dogs and, and um, you know, just kind of like everyone else trying to stay busy and, you know, with no hockey that, that, uh, you know, normally I would have been doing the NCAA tournament and, and broadcasting, uh, the end of the season. And it's actually normally the busy time. So, you know, it was a lot of just, just a lot of downtime and, you know, reading fitness, you know, working on things, eating, eating healthy, getting a good routine going, you know, basically all there was to do during the beginning of the quarantine. And then, uh, once hockey started up, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's been a very interesting, what, seven months now. Um, I live out on the East Coast, so, you know, everything for a long period of time was really, really shut down. And there was very little reason to, to leave your house other than to try to exercise or, or get fresh air. And, you know, I, I kind of was disappointed. How old were you when you first got into hockey? Very young, um, you know, about as young as I can remember. I, my dad, you know, was a recreational hockey player and my mom uh, was a hockey fan and grew up sk- figure skating and, uh, you know, around hockey and hockey people here in Philadelphia. So uh, my older brother and I started playing hockey. I, I probably was, I don't know, two and a half, three years old when I started skating and probably like four or five when I started playing hockey. Um, you know, a lot of it started in the, in the basement with my dad and, and then moved out to the ice. And uh, I wish I had more memories of when I first started and I wish phones had cameras at the time because I wish I had more pictures and more videos because it, it would be fun to, you know, see and remember what it was like when I was quite that young. And where did you first start playing hockey? So I, I think I first started in, at a rink called Ice Line out in Westchester, Pennsylvania, which is probably 25, 30 minutes from where I grew up in Villanova. Um, my dad took my older brother and I to the in-house clinics. Um, and that was it. I mean, it was uh, not like an organized travel team or anything. It was just in-house um, and local. And, and that was probably when I was like four and five years old and, and maybe even, I don't know, maybe five to six. I, I really, geez, it's, it's hard to remember. Um, but, uh, that was where I first started. And then my first travel team that I played on was the Valley Forge Colonials, 
I think I made the might B team. I don't even think I made the might A team. Um, or, you know, I was too young or so I, I don't really might minor. I don't really remember what it was or what it was called since things have changed so much in youth hockey, but I was young and uh, I do remember that Valley Forge Colonials first, first travel team I was on was the Valley Forge Colonials. All right. And did you have a favorite team growing up? Yeah, I was a huge Flyers fan as a kid. Um, you know, I, I loved hockey so much when I was younger and, uh, I really was a fan of the whole league. I mean, there was no game I couldn't watch. You know, I loved playing the video games. Uh, when I would play in my basement, I was usually pretending to be Eric Lindros or John McClare. Those were two of my favorite players when I was young. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we grew up big Flyers fans and, and loving the Flyers. And, you know, my second favorite team as a kid was probably the Colorado Avalanche because I had family that lived out in Colorado. So, uh, we would spend a lot of time out there. So those those were definitely my two teams. But Flyers were, were definitely, when I was a kid, my, my favorite team. All right. And you said you loved Eric Lindros and John McClare. So who, were any of those guys you modeled your game after? No. I mean, I, I was younger. You know, I was a forward until I was probably like 13, I think, is when I started playing defense. So maybe 14 even. Um, so yeah, I guess when I was a kid, I, I probably was more like John McClare than Eric Lindros because John McClare, um, probably Eric Lindros was, was so big and fast and those were, you know, I was bigger, but I was never fast like that. So yeah, I guess when you're a kid, you just kind of watch all your favorite players and you know, you, you just wear their number. I mean, so moving into the next question here, why did you decide to play defense? Um, it really wasn't my decision. Uh, I mean, I, I was a forward when I was young and my dad decided he wanted to switch me back to defense. Um, and I just kind of listened cause he was my dad and kind of listen to your parents at that age, at least. So, uh, he decided it was better for me to play defense because I guess there's less, less lines and more ice time for defensemen. You touch the puck more, I guess, in some ways. Um, so he switched me back to defense and I started doing a little bit of both. I think my freshman year in high school, I played defense for my travel team and forward for my high school team. Um, and that was, uh, you know, enjoyable for me because I really liked being a forward. But, you know, my dad wanted me to play defense and I was, for whatever reason, I, I was pretty good at it. So, um yeah, that was that was it. It wasn't a it wasn't like a big story behind it or anything like that. It was just kind of guidance from my dad and and maybe some other people, some coaches and whatnot. And uh, I guess my freshman year in high school was like the last year I played forward and defense. And then my starting my sophomore year, that was pretty much it. Although I did play when I was uh, in the U.S. program in Ann Arbor, I did play forward a couple times. Um, I think, uh, in a, I remember in a playoff series on our U 17 year, I, I, I played wing for a game or two because we were short some bodies and I was pretty comfortable, uh, playing wing and, and it happened to me in, uh, the American league. I think, uh, one game I might've played forward when I was in Providence. So it was always something I felt comfortable doing if I needed to, I think once you learn how to play defense, um, 
you know, after having already played forward, it, it can really help you. And, you know, it was just kind of how it went for me. Yeah. And when did you realize that you have a shot to go pro? At what age? Um, yeah, you know, that's a tough question because, you know, when I was five years old, I said I wanted to play in the NHL. I mean, I remember going to my first Flyers game and being like, I want to do this. And um, I guess every kid says that, but I would go watch the Flyers game. And then after I would watch the Flyers game, I would go down to my basement and like stick handle and shoot pucks. And, you know, for me, it was, it was just what I loved to do. I loved having a hockey stick in my hands. I always had a hockey stick in my hands. I always wanted to be in the basement playing ball hockey, working on, you know, working on my shot with the puck, um, you know, in the driveway, whatever. I just constantly was playing and, and stuff. So, you know, I think probably around like my sophomore year in high school when um, I started, you know, teams were were asking me to come play in the Ontario Junior League and in, in the OHL. Um, and they were willing to draft me in the first round of the OHL draft. And I had division one colleges. I mean, when I was a sophomore, I went and visited with VU. I went and visited with Denver, Michigan. So I, I was, I was pretty young and division one schools were, were, were giving me scholarship opportunities. And, um, you know, OHL was, was, was knocking on the door and they ended up, I ended up getting drafted. I don't remember where in the OHL draft, but I told them, look, don't draft me because I'm not coming. I'm going to college. Somebody still drafted me anyway, and maybe the fourth or fifth round or something like that. But um, that was kind of when I first started to feel like I had a chance or, or if I kept doing the right thing and I kept working on my game, I would potentially have a chance. All right. And how did it feel to be able to play an amazing program like the USNDTP? I can't probably say it. I probably yeah, that. it's all right. It's the NTDP. It's the National Team Development Program. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a great program. You know, anytime you get to play and wear the USA jersey, or if you're Canadian, I'm sure it's the same way, uh, mm-hmm. putting on the Canada sweater, but. I mean, it's just something special about, you know, wearing red, white, and blue and, and playing, um, you know, for a team that represents the country. And, you know, that was a great program. I was there alongside a lot of my really good friends. You know, you learn a lot about working out and taking care of yourself. And, um, you know, you're playing high-level hockey. You've got tons of resources. Um, you know, you've got strength coaches and skating coaches and skills coaches and nutrition. I mean, it's just, it's a great program. I, I certainly was lucky to have made that team because, you know, every kid basically in the U S wants to play there. Um, and you know, it was, it was a good experience. I, I definitely learned a lot from it and I still keep in close touch with the people there at USA hockey. All right. And what led to your decision to leave that program and go play in the USHL? Yeah, so my second year, which was my draft year, we had a lot of right-handed shot defensemen on our team. Um, We had, you know, guys that were, um, you know, a lot of guys needed minutes. And uh, I kind of found myself uh, sort of on the odd, as the odd man out early in the season, as far as where my playing time was and, and stuff like that. So, I decided because it was my draft year, it was important for me to have a lot of ice time. Um, 
so I went, you know, and spoke to the coaches and, and I talked to them uh, about moving on to go play in, in for the US for a USHL team, you know, for the second half of the season, you know, in order to get more ice time and, and get in front of more people and whatnot. And, and they were cool with it and they understood. And, um, you know, that's that's how I ended up going to play in Lincoln and and playing in the USHL, which, you know, turned out pretty good. And, you know, I had a statistically in the USHL in your first season and only season, you played very well and played in an all-star game, most assists and most points for a D-man. How did that feel for you in your draft year? Yeah, I mean, I think that was the whole goal for me was when I left Team USA, it was because I wanted to be able to go and play somewhere where I, you know, had more opportunity for exposure and, and you know, it was a risk, but uh, I went into the USHL and uh, things sort of clicked immediately. I was surrounded by some really good players, some good coaches. Um, you know, I had a, a lot of things go my way that year. And, um, you know, sometimes things are just going your way and, and sometimes they're not. And everything kind of fell right for me that season. And, and I was able to put up, you know, pretty good numbers and, and you know, make the all-star game and uh, all that good stuff. And, um, you know, those were those are good times. That's a great league. And, and Lincoln, Nebraska is an unbelievable town. People just absolutely love hockey there. I mean, it's, it's known as a football town, but boy, do they, they love the Lincoln stars. All right. And how did you feel you performed in your first year at Boston university after Lincoln? Uh, I thought my freshman year was okay. Um, you know, I, I thought I, I played well. I, I didn't necessarily produce the numbers that I would have liked to, um, but, you know, as a freshman, I, uh, was able to be on the second power play, um, you know, pretty early in the season. And, uh, in the beginning of the year, we sort of, you know, were figuring out defensive pairs and, and what would work and what wouldn't. And I think it was right around the halfway point of my freshman year, they paired, you know, Kevin Shattenkirk and I together. Um, we were both freshmen, but they felt like we were both in a spot where we could play together. And uh, I played the offside and, you know, things just started clicking and, and, you know, we, we had a solid second half as a pairing and, and we sort of carried that over and into our next year as, as sophomores. All right. And how did it feel to win that game winning championship goal in the 2008, 2009 Boston university uh, final there? Yeah, I mean, that was fun. Uh, that was exciting. I mean, anytime you're part of a championship team uh, at a high level of sports, it's, it's, a, it's a fun, exciting thing. I mean, we, we had a great group of guys, a great team, um, you know, sort of a little bit of everything. And that was, that was a fun year. We didn't lose many games. You know, we were able to pull that one out in the finals, uh, coming back from a couple goals down and uh, overtime goals can be lucky, and I was fortunate that I got the lucky bounce on a on a shot there in overtime. All right, and winning the MVP of the NCAA is an accolade not many people can obtain. How did that feel? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think when you get to that point, uh, Brody, you really just want to win, and um, you know, the individual accolades are obviously great. They're, they're a nice sort of cherry on top, but I think winning the national championship was, you know, the goal and, and the, the feature. And, you know, it was nice to be named to the, uh, you know, all-tournament team and, and to win the, the most valuable player of the entire, you know, tournament. Um, but I think, uh, you know, a handful of guys probably could have won it 
we had a lot of good players. You know, like I said, I was I was lucky that that I got the goal. Can you hear me? Or yeah, my, yeah. Uh, just cut out for a second there. Um, yeah, as I was saying, o- overtime goals are are hard to come by, and and when you get them, you know they're very exciting, and you know personally. But the fact that you were able to be the one to do it for your team is is always huge too. So, you know, good times, good memories, good team, uh, good program. You know, I I can't really say enough good about uh, Boston University. All right, and. After already being drafted by the Avalanche, that was kind of just a cherry on top. And you got to play with another Avs prospect, Kevin Shattenkirk. Was that just some good chemistry there? Well, we actually started playing hockey together when we were like 10 years old. So, um, you know, we were we were teammates and, and friends for a long time. Uh, we definitely sort of, you know, talked a lot about, you know, where we were going to go to college. I mean, it, it, it was sort of, I guess it was, um, you know, uh, something we discussed and, and thought it would be cool. I mean, you want to go and, and play hockey with your friends. I think that's a big part of it. So, uh, you know, we we didn't actually ever realize that we would become partners. You know, we pretty much played together the majority of our three years um, because we were both right shot defensemen and we were both pretty offensive thinking. So uh, we played a couple shifts together when we were in the U S program and it was like a total disaster. So we never really saw that coming and sure enough it did. And, and we played together, um, you know, our whole, our whole time at BU for the most part and played the power play together. Uh, he's an incredible player. You know, he just won the Stanley cup a couple days ago and, you know, he had a starring role on a Tampa Bay team that was full of really good players. So we had great chemistry and, and, you know, he's an easy guy to play with because he's so, so talented. And, and, you know, it's, again, it's all sort of part of the, you know, the journey and, and the fun that, that takes place and, and, you know, throughout your hockey career. All right. And going on to the 2007 NHL draft where you were selected 47th overall, which is relatively early. Was that, did that come to a surprise to you or, or was that just perfectly fitted there? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I don't think, uh, I think I was drafted maybe 45th or some, somewhere in there. I think I was actually a couple picks earlier than that, but, um, you know, I, I was rated by central scouting actually to be in the first round, you know, I was invited to the combine and the league sort of sits you by where you're rated. And I was sat pretty close to, uh, the stage and, I actually kind of thought that I would be a first round pick. So, um, you know, all indications pointed towards that. And, and so I definitely was, you know, happy to hear my name called. And I think, like I said, I think it was 45th uh, by Colorado. That was a very exciting uh, day for me, for my family. They were all there. Um, but, you know, the draft is a very exciting time for you when you're young, but it's really just the beginning and, and uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really guarantee you anything. It doesn't, you know, it, it, it sort of gives you a goal and, and, and sort of gives you a path, but you know, you really have no idea where things are going to go after that. All right. And after your success in the USHL and NCAA, you played three games with the avalanche before being traded to the Bruins. Was that kind of just like a fresh start thing? You played a lot of games with Lake Erie and you played well, but was it kind of for a fresh start or was it unexpected? 
I mean, I think I had only played like maybe 10, maybe 15 games at the most for Lake Erie um, before getting called up and playing some NHL games and then getting traded. So, yeah, I mean, it was a complete and utter shock. I mean, I, I had no idea it was coming. Um, my agent had no idea it was coming. You know, I'd spent, you know, almost three or four years preparing to play for the Avs while I was in college and, and working with them in the summer and uh, sort of being a part of that organization. So, yeah, I mean, I was in like total shock. I, I really couldn't believe it. I mean, I was pretty young. I was only 21 years old and I was in the beginning of my first pro season. So uh, shocking. Um, you know, and that's just the way it goes in professional sports. It's, it's you know, you, so you just don't really have a say and, and, you know, whatever happens, happens. All right. And the Boston Bruins at the time were very, they, you kind of solidified their depth defensively and you were called up as a spare. And just to be able to be through that and actually get the Stanley Cup ring, was that kind of like a, just a cool thing to have? Yeah. I mean, the, the team was really good, obviously. They, you know, they won the Stanley Cup and, and yeah, I think I was sort of a, you know, a depth guy. I was, you know, like the eighth defenseman, you know, had some people gotten injured and maybe I would have played a game or something along those lines. So, um, you know, it, it speaks to the organization and, and, you know, how they built the team and they, they built a really good team and the team was deep and there was a handful of players that, that didn't play uh, that were good players that, that certainly could have, helped and contributed so um you know winning being a part of the team sort of to to win the cup was fun I mean I I did get a cup ring which is uh something that I'll I'll have for the rest of my life and and um you know a great experience seeing sort of firsthand what it takes to win and and how hard it is to win a Stanley Cup um you know I got to play alongside and, and be alongside some Hall of Fame players, so uh, definitely a, a great experience and, and a good experience for me. All right, and about that cup ring, do you wear that daily, or do you not usually wear it? No, I, I don't know if I've ever really worn it. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty big. It's, it's, it's tough to wear. It's not, um, it's not something you're, you're wearing. It's, it's too, too big, too many diamonds. Um, Definitely uh, a cool thing to have, but but not really something that you're uh, that you're gonna wear on a daily basis. <laughs> I maybe pull All it right, out, and pull it out every now and again for a for <laughs> Just a, a hard flex on some people. Well, you know, if I'm doing a broadcast or something or other, but you know, I work I work on the the broadcast with the Flyers, and I don't think people in Philadelphia care about a a Boston Bruins ring. So you know, time and a yeah. place. Yeah. And did you actually get to hoist the cup or drink out of the cup? I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, all the players do. I mean, they every guy gets a chance. I mean, at the end of the game, when when um, Gary Bettman handed the cup to Chara, you know, then Chara handed the cup to Recky, and you know, so so far, so forth, and so on. And and I think I was maybe the last guy to get it, or maybe I myself and. Matt Barkowski were the last two guys to get it, but, you know, we did, we did get it, you know, we got to skate around with it and kiss it. And, um, you know, you, 
when you're a guy who doesn't doesn't really play, you know, you're kind of a depth player. You try to let the older players enjoy it and and you know uh, have more time with it. But they were pretty good about making sure we, you know, the guys who didn't play felt a part of it and you know got chances to drink from it and spend time with it and all. Thanks for coming on the podcast. It was a very very fun interview. I mean, the technical difficulties were a bit of a burden, but it was very fun talking with you and hope you have a great rest of your week and a great summer, winter. Yeah, I guess we're, uh, unfortunately, we're, we're through the, the nice weather and, and through the summer. But yeah, I appreciate you having me on. I, I'm sorry about some of the difficulties. I wish I was a little more tech savvy, but um, ultimately, uh, sometimes it's a little out of our control with these types of things with the Zoom and, and different types of um, technologies we're using now for things like this. But uh, appreciate you having me on and and good luck. Thank you for listening to the 25th episode of the podcast. And if you like this episode of the podcast, if you're listening on Apple, drop a review. Uh, All criticism is welcome and share with a friend so we can help grow. And but thank you for listening. Enjoy your week. See you next Monday.